says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. Amen. We are here because our God reigns and our God saves. And as a result of that, we have joy in our hearts, right? We can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. And that's the theme this morning is joy as we think about Advent preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ. We want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church. If this is your first time here, we are thrilled to have you. Uh, inside the bulletin is a place for you to tear something off. Fill that out, please. Put that in the offering plate. Give it to one of the staff on your way out. There's also a place for you to write prayer requests. If you need prayer for any reason, don't hesitate to let us know. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Say amen. 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 All right, welcome those around you.
right, you may return to your seats. You may be seated. We have another Lottie Moon Christmas offering video for you, focusing in on one of our international missionaries and the work God is doing through them. So check it out. Asia with three million people. Um, many of those are nomadic herdsmen who still live in a vast wilderness where the gospel has never been able to penetrate. And they live in a structure called a gear. It's a large round felt tent that they can pick up and move. Many of these families move, you know, up to 11 times in a year and just pack everything up and and put it on a camel and we'll move across the country. It is a passion of mine to be able to take the gospel to those who never had the opportunity to hear the name of Christ. How we do that is we, through national believers, we're able to meet physical needs and in ways that shows the love of Christ. Whether it's by replacing a gear that's been burned down, um, giving coal in the wintertime whenever it's negative 40 degrees outside um, and they have nothing to heat their home, whether it's giving hay to herdsmen to be able to keep their livestock alive. Um, these things are just a small part of what we do to show the love of Christ in a way to open up the door to be able to share the gospel. <laughs> Meeting their physical needs can open up doors um, to these families, and through that, we're able to share creation to Christ, and then move that into them being able to hear discipleship lessons, and and finally, with the end goal of, of seeing churches in some of these areas that have never never been able to experience the gospel. Jesus Christ, through this, we've been able to see um, herdsmen come to know Christ, to accept Him. We're able to see them being baptized in a vast wilderness. It's because of your giving through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we're able to go to these places. We're able to, to share the gospel with these people who've never had a chance to hear. Well, amen, if you'll please stand with us again.
we come to adore you, just to pause and to reflect on your love for us, for the hope that you give us, dear God, and for the joy that we can have if, if we just give our lives over to you. Dear God, we don't, we sometimes, some, some may not feel that joy or may not experience that joy, we pray that in this hour you will speak to our hearts. Thank you, you may be seated. much that you've given us, Lord. We pray that our offerings are acceptable in your eyes. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus.
here today. All right. Now, we're, go we're going to be over here. We're going to be over here, and I'm about to terrify some parents because I'm just curious. Do any of you know a good joke? You want to share it? Hold, let's not sit on the basket. You want to share that joke? Okay. I didn't know my own daughter raised her hand. I'm terrified now. All right. What does a stick figure do whenever it's on the wall? What does a stick figure do when it's on the wall? I don't know. It goes down the wall and breaks its foot. It goes down the wall and breaks its foot? Oh, my goodness. See, I would have never thought of that one. What you got? You have a joke? Why did the ice cream fall down the floor? Wait, wait. Start over. Why did the ice cream down fall over on the floor? Why did the ice skater fall over on the floor? I don't know. Why did the ice skater fall on the floor? Because the person let it fall because the ice cream slipped. Oh my word! We got lots of we got lots of things falling down. We got lots of things falling down over here. Um, well, listen. You know, sometimes are you looking? Sometimes we think of the word joy and we think of laughter. It's not always about laughter. But look, I think that sometimes, sometimes when we're following Jesus, we should be so excited that, that we, just, we just have to smile. We just have to smile. Maybe it even erupts into a little bit of laughter. I got something that's really joyful for me today. You know, last week we didn't get to put any bows on the tree, but well, I get, we had to put two of them today. So clap for the church. Good job. Now, I wonder if somebody wants to put this one on the tree. Okay, all right, and then here we go. Just take that. And my guess is, my guess is next week we'll have a lot more. Okay, because um, well, your your parents are giving, and that's going to be fantastic. Um, I just want to remind you that there's a lot of cards out there in the post office box, in the Lottie Moon post office box, and so we need to make sure that we pick those up. But today we're talking about joy, and so what I want you to do, so we've got those bows up there, that's awesome. We're going to get all 24 of them before we're done. Um, 24. So, but we're going to talk about joy this morning. I want you to look at, right up here, at these teenagers, uh, Alex and Emma. They're going to talk to you a little bit about joy as well as we light our candle this morning. Throughout Advent, we draw closer to the light of Christ. We've walked through the long darkness. Now we see a pinprick of light. Christ's coming has been promised by the prophets, and our hope has risen. We've heard that, that good news that God loves us, loves us enough to send his only son. God's love has become like a candle in the window leading us home. As the darkness begins to fade, and the pink light rims the edges of the world, we can't help but notice that God's spontaneous, unexpected joy is starting to rise. Advent's building anticipation unleashes joy in us. As we light the candle of joy, we see just how near Christ's coming is. Joy to the world we have sung at his coming. But it's joy only for that part of the world that hears our song. Our joy today is tempered by knowing that there are yet billions who live in darkness without Christ. As we light the candle of joy, we do so praying. That soon the whole world will be engulfed in the tidings of great joy that shall be for all people. All right, well, let's pray. Let's, let's pray about what just just what they talked about okay let's pray father thank you so much that you sent your son jesus and we do get to celebrate 
good news of great joy. But Lord, let us also leave this place and take that message of joy with us. Help people to know Jesus. Help us to speak the name of Jesus. And may we bring joy to those that we meet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand again as we continue singing. While by the sheep we watched at night, glad tidings brought an angel bright. How great our joy, great our joy, 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 joy. Praise we the Lord in heaven on high. Praise we the Lord in heaven. shall be born, so he did say, in Bethlehem, a child today, how great our joy, great our joy, 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 praise we the Lord in heaven on high, praise we the Lord in heaven on high, there shall the if you will, in honor of the reading of God's word, turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8, and the word of the Lord says, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You may be seated. You know, as Christians, we talk a lot about joy. And the reason we talk a lot about joy is because the Bible speaks a lot about joy and rejoicing. Those words in some format appear over 300 plus times in the scriptures. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great what? joy good news of great joy 
Joy is not only in the scripture a lot. Joy is also in our Christmas carols. We sing about joy a lot. We sing about joy a lot this morning. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Uh, we sing good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. So here's what I wonder this morning. I don't like to use the word feel a lot because I'm not a big feelings person. But do you feel joyful? Would you say that this morning, at this moment, you would describe your life as joyful? I, I love the song we just sang, O Come All Ye Faithful. But I wonder how accurately that song describes us. O Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. I wonder if some of us at times wouldn't describe ourselves more this way. I read these lyrics this week. O come, all ye faithless, joyless, and defeated. Look, I'll be honest with you. There are times that I come on Sunday mornings. This is only the third week. So up to this point, all three weeks, I have felt joyful, triumphant, right? I, I'm ready to come in and worship. But there have been moments in my ministry and in my life, and if you're honest, there have been moments in your life when you have walked into this place on a Sunday morning, maybe having just argued with the spouse or gotten on the kids or you had a flat tire or you had a horrible week and you did not feel like you would live the faithful week, you would not say, I'm feeling joyful, and you felt everything but triumphant. You felt defeated. And maybe that's you this morning. And if you come in here feeling faithless, and joyless and defeated, God has good news of great joy for you. Jesus Christ came for people like you and I. Sam Alberry writes, I really like this. He says, Christmas is for the weary, for the messed up, and for the broken. If your life isn't Instagrammable, if you don't know what Instagram is, you're going to have to talk to somebody else because I'm not really familiar with that either. But if your life isn't I don't Instagram. If your life isn't Instagrammable, Christmas is for you. I like that. Christmas is for the weary, for the messed up, for the broken. And I believe we see that truth played out in our text this morning. So just three simple truths that we're going to draw from these verses that we read. Number one, these will appear on the screen. Number one, this message of good news of great joy was given to the shepherds. It was given to the shepherds. Now, put yourself in the shepherd's shoes for a moment. One moment, there you are, faithfully tending the sheep. It's the middle of the night. Um, at least it's dark. The next moment, you're suddenly being scared out of your wits by this angelic choir delivering the greatest news, the news they had waited for a long time to hear. And this news was given to whom in our text? shepherds notice it wasn't given to the governor it wasn't given to the high priest it wasn't given to the members of the synagogue it was given to lowly shepherds and I think sometimes we overlook the fact that shepherds were near the bottom of the social order there's a verse in the Old Testament Genesis 46 verse 34 listen to what it says for every shepherd 
is an abomination to the Egyptians. I hope when they describe you, they don't use the word abomination. They weren't like the cream of the crop. If you and I had been doing this and had been delivering this message of great joy, we would not have gone to the shepherds. Doug Owens writes, The Judean shepherds were the lowest of the low, socially common men. They were a despised class with a bad reputation. Shepherds were known as thieves because they were nomadic. And as they moved their sheep around the country, sometimes they got confused about what was mine and what was thine. They were known as thieves. They were all tarred with the same brush, untrustworthy and dishonest. They were not allowed to give testimony in a Jewish court of law. Their work made it impossible for them to observe the Jewish ceremonial laws and temple rituals. They were considered religiously unclean and unacceptable. He says it's pretty amazing to think this heavenly vision came to such social outcast. Why? You ever thought about that? Why? Why would God in this moment as he's unfolding this good news of great joy appear to the lowly shepherds? Why not the governor? Why not the high priest? Why shepherds? Because the good news of great joy is that Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord, came for the lowly. Amen? He came for the lowly. He came for people like me, like you. We talked last week from 1 Timothy that Jesus Christ came for sinners. So here's the good news of great joy. If you realize you are a sinner, if you this morning are feeling faithless, joyless, and defeated, Christ came for you. And there is hope there. He came for the lowly, common folk, folk like us who need gospel of Jesus Christ. So this message, first of all, was given for the shepherds. Notice secondly, though, this is so important. I want us to catch hold of this today. This message will be for all the people. It'll be for all the people. Look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, if you don't have a problem highlighting in your Bible, I, I don't, it helps me. Maybe highlight that word all, circle it, underline it. It will be for all the people. So notice what happens here, right? The shepherds get this news, and if you drop down to verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby, that's Jesus, lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, we know this verse, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Look at verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So what just happened? Well, the shepherds, right, they're led to Jesus, and then it says, and they return. They return. They come back, and they begin to what? They begin to proclaim. They begin to rejoice. They begin to glorify and praise God. 
And it says of what they had heard and seen. I don't know about you, but that sounds like evangelism to me. That's evangelism. They are telling others about what God had done in their life. Now, this is important. Where do they return to? Well, all it tells us is, and the shepherds returned. They're shepherds, so where do you think the shepherds returned to? They're sheep, the flock. My guess is they go back to the sheep. They go back to where they were. They go back to their life, but they go back changed, and they, I'm sure they go back telling everyone they can about what the Lord has done, of what he's about to do through this baby Jesus. Listen, church, what takes place here on Sunday mornings is vital to our walk with Christ. I don't believe our gathering here is optional for Christians. I don't believe that. I think this is a priority for us. We gather. We gather to glorify God. We gather to praise God. We gather to love God and love each other and serve God and serve each other. But church, we don't stay here, right? When I, when I was here this week, I came, you know, walking around. I didn't come in here and everybody's sitting here on Monday and Tuesday. We're just hanging out here, right? We don't stay here. You return. Every time you gather, you worship, you see God, you hear from God, you see what he's doing, and then you leave. You go home week after week to your homes, to your jobs, to your weekly activities. And when you go, we must go proclaiming all that God has done among us. And we go telling others about Jesus Christ. Church, we have received good news of great joy. We have seen and we have heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we know what God has done for us and how he has changed us. Now we must be compelled to go and tell others about what God can do for them if they would but confess their sins repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ we must go amen we must go I don't care where you go just go go to your neighbor right go 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 down the street go into Walmart proclaiming the gospel just don't go anywhere with Jesus wouldn't be honored if you go there but go go and as you go tell others about Christ Man, we had a, a really fun time uh, last night going over uh, to up in up somewhere in Atlanta. I don't know where it was, but to the Operation Christmas Child warehouse and, and packing boxes. There were 20 of us that went last night. I know a group of you all went earlier. Man, that is unbelievable. It is, I've never, man, one of the best experiences of my life to be one of the last, Brian told me about this, man, to be one of the last hands upon that box that will go somewhere Somewhere, who knows where, I think it was Senegal and there was another place, it's going to go somewhere and some child is going to hear about Jesus Christ. Now we, we get excited about that and that's awesome, but really we're not the ones telling them about Christ. We're just packing a shoebox and, and sending it. And then we, we give to missions. And church, let me encourage you, give. If you have not given yet to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, give. Hear me, give sacrificially. Give to the point where it hurts because they need Jesus. And yes, maybe it'll hurt a little bit to give a little more, a little bit extra. But again, even then, we're writing a check and we're sending it across the world. Maybe that's easy. Both of those things are vital. 
But that then does not allow us to say, well, I've done my job. I don't have to tell anybody else. No. Somebody this week, somebody this week is going to come across your path, and they're going to need to know about Jesus. Will you tell them? Will you be the one to open your mouth, as uncomfortable as you might be, as hard as it might be, will you be the one to say, listen, let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you what God can do if you would but believe. We must go, and as we go, we must remember that this good news of great joy is for all people. All people. This message was for the shepherds, but it was also for the wise men. This message was for Mary, Joseph, Zachariah, and Elizabeth. This message was for King Herod and Pontius Pilate, even though both of them would reject it. This message was for fishermen like James and John, tax collectors like Matthew, zealots like Simon, even for traitors like Judas. This message was for Jews like Peter, Gentiles like Cornelius, and women like Lydia and Mary and Martha. This message was for persecutors of Christianity like Saul, the Samaritan woman at the well who had been divorced five times, the woman who had been caught in adultery, and for Peter who denied Jesus three times. This message was for those at Philippi and Ephesus and Corinth and Rome. This message was for the blind and the deaf and the mute and the lame and the leprous and even for the dead. This message was for the poor and the outcast broken and the hurting and the sinner. Well, church, this message is for liars and adulterers and murderers and idolaters and gang members for the sexually immoral and broken and confused. This message is for those in America, yes and amen, but also those in Mexico, those in Africa, those in Asia, and those in Europe, and those in the Middle East. This message is for all races all people groups, all ethnicities, and all nations. You and I are not in a position where we can judge who can and cannot receive the good news of Jesus Christ. It is for everyone, every face, every person. It's for them, and it is for the faithless, and it is for the joyless, and it is for the defeated. It is a message for all people. And all church, it is a message of good news, of great joy for all people. So let us be a people who proclaim this good news to everyone. And third, this is where Christmas becomes intensely personal. This message is for you. It's for you. Look what it says there in our text, Luke chapter 2, verse 11, for unto you, for unto you, for unto the shepherds is born this day, for unto Aaron is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Oh, you and I desperately need a Savior. It says, for unto you is born. Jesus Christ came for me. Jesus Christ died for me. Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, rose from the dead for me. Jesus came to give me life, abundant life, joyful life. Jesus Christ came for my joy, for my joy. Listen to what he says. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full, abundant, overflowing, the joy of Christ. Melissa Kruger writes, Jesus wasn't hoping for us to have a little bit of happiness. 
Man, if you're just settling for happiness, God has so much more for you than happiness. He wants us to have fullness of joy, overflowing, abundant. Our joy matters to Jesus. I love what Russ Ramsey writes in one of his Advent books. He says, From the manger in Bethlehem to the cross on Calvary, Jesus moved among the people. He came into their homes, touched their blind eyes, and permitted their unfaithful hands to touch him. He taught them profound lessons from ordinary events. He defended the defenseless. He opposed the self-righteous. He ate at their tables. He laughed with their children, and he wept over their grief. Never did he abandon his purpose for coming, which was to die for a world of spirit-poor outsiders as the Lamb of God who takes their sin away. He says Jesus was born poor. He lived poor. And he died poor for the sake of his people. The shepherds could not have known that this boy had come into the world in the same way he would leave it. Out in the open, among the outcasts, poor and despised, but driven by one purpose. To ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile until the Son of God appears. He says, when the shepherds arrived that night, looking to Mary and Joseph like men who had just encountered the angel of the Lord. They wanted to do more than see the baby. They wanted to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Well, church, this is indeed good news of great joy. It is joy that is not dependent on circumstances. If if you're here for the first time and, and you don't know much about this joy that we speak of, Look, this is a joy that's not dependent upon circumstances. It's joy that does not waffle based upon the news. Joy that is not tied to a bank account or to a stock market. It's not tied to a marriage or health. This is good news of great joy. Because this joy is built upon Jesus Christ. And he's the source of that joy. So look, maybe, maybe you came in here this morning and you look back upon your week and you think, man, it was a good week. I was faithful, I was filled with joy, and I was triumphant. Maybe you experienced God's blessings this past week. Maybe you walked in His grace. Maybe you lived in obedience to His word. Maybe you got to share the gospel with somebody and actually see them come to faith in Christ. Listen, if you come in here having had a great week, please understand all of that was because of Christ. It wasn't because anything that you or I did. So even on those good days and those good, good weeks, let's not come in here with chest puffed out, but let's come in here more dependent upon the grace and mercy of Jesus. But maybe you came this morning, and if you're honest, you feel faithless. Maybe you blew it again this week. You blew it. Maybe you feel joyless. You've lost that joy. Maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you struggled through the week. Maybe you failed to trust in Jesus. Maybe you failed to depend on him. And I've got good news of great joy for you. God still loves you. I read something several months ago that just really hit me. It's not really deep, yet it is. Simply this, there is nothing you can do that would make God love you more or less than he already loves you. Do you know that this morning? You can't come in here feeling all self-righteous and God's like, man, now I love you more. 
because of this past week. You can't come in here so defeated and filled with sin that, that God says, well, I don't love you anymore. You are loved by the creator of the universe. He came for you. Your sinfulness doesn't change his being Jesus the Christ, Savior and Lord. So this morning, lean in closer to Jesus and remember that Christmas is for the weary, for the messed up, for the broken. Christmas is for you. Scripture tells us the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. To that I'll add the people who walked in faithlessness have seen the faithful one. The people who walked in joylessness have seen the one who brings good news of great joy. And the people who walked defeated have seen the one who brings eternal victory. So come. Come all ye faithful joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Come this morning and repent. If you have never repented of your sins, never turned from your sins, if there's a sin this morning that needs to be repented of, come this morning and repent. Come this morning and receive forgiveness for those sins through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come this morning, weary one, and rest in Christ and his righteousness. Come, come and rejoice. Come and adore the name of Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father God, only you right now at this moment know our heart. In fact, Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves think we've got a good read on ourselves, but the reality is maybe we don't. So God, maybe we came in this morning feeling pretty good. Maybe, God, in fact, we came in feeling too good about ourselves and filled with pride. Oh God, would you convict us of that pride? May we repent of that pride. May we set aside that pride and take hold of Jesus Christ. God, maybe we came in this morning feeling faithless, joyless, and defeated. God, I was just confronted with reality just this past Thanksgiving as I gathered with Ryan's family. But God, the older I get, the more aware I become of the empty seats at the table. So God, maybe we're coming upon this Christmas season, and maybe this will be the first year that we're without somebody that we love. And as a result of that, we're feeling pretty joyless, feeling down. We're wrestling with that grief. We're trying to navigate how do we deal with life without this person in our life. Maybe as we come into the Christmas season, we're struggling financially. Maybe our marriage isn't what we want it to be. Uh, maybe we're, we're just struggling with the sin, wrestling with that sin. Oh, God, right now at this moment, we can come weary and burdened, heavy laden. And we can just lay it at your feet, Jesus. And you'll wrap your arms around us, Father. So we cry out, Abba. You'll remind us this morning, you're my son, you're my daughter. I'm in control of your life, and I came that you might have joy and have it abundantly. Lord, may we walk in that joy. May we leave here this morning, Lord, walking in the joy of Christ. And may we go completely 
to begin to tell others what we have seen and heard and how God has changed our life. If we're not sharing the gospel, may we repent of that and seek your forgiveness. Lord, speak to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing. We're going to have a time of invitation. I'll be here at the front. The, the altar's open. If you need to come and pray, you do that as we sing these verses.